0: Ever feel like your trade business is running you instead of the other way around? Like you're stuck on a never-ending job with no exit plan?
1: Yeah, the endless quoting, the cash flow juggle, missing family barbecues because you're
0: buried in invoices? Yeah, it can be a bit of a shit show sometimes. But what if I told you there's a way to nail it down to finally take a breather and actually enjoy your business again?
1: Well, that's where Andy here can lend a hand with years in the trenches and plenty of battle scars to show, he's got the know-how to turn your chaos into smooth sailing.
0: Hell yeah! Let's have a talk. I'm setting aside some time for you legends about getting your trade business in ship shape. We're talking real solutions and no fluffs.
1: Spot on, Andy. Just a relaxed, no-pressure chat, like having a cold one with a mate who's got your back.
0: Let's get you out of your business blues and book in a free strategy call with me. Visit lifestyletrady.com.au to book your slot today. Let's get you back into the driver's seat. Preparing to step into the ring as a fighter is like going for the biggest, scariest job interview in the entire world where you really want to get it, but there's a chance that you might get killed when you go there. And that's how today's guest describes what it takes to be a champion fighter in the ring and in life.
1: Yeah, that's true, Andy. What a powerhouse guest we have on today's episode of The Tradie Show. Nadine Champion is literally a champion by name and by nature.
0: Yes, she's a champion kickboxer and martial artist, plus author of the book, 10 Seconds of Courage.
1: She's also a cancer survivor and absolutely obsessed with helping people seize all the amazing opportunities in their lives. You can't help
0: but be inspired and fired up about life when you're around. Nadine and today she's going to share with us some of what she learned from decades in the ring but yes without the punches in the (laughs) face I hope I hope you're listening to the Trading show This is the podcast for trade business and contracting bosses like you who want to lead with confidence, make more profit and create a better lifestyle.
1: We're your hosts, Andy and Angela Smith, husband and wife team and co-founders of Lifestyle Trading. Are you ready to have some fun?
0: Hell yeah!
1: Nadine, welcome to the
2: show. Thanks so much, guys. If you don't punch me, I won't punch you.
0: (laughs) It sounds like a deal. Sounds like a deal. We don't
1: want to get punched by you, let me tell you. (laughs) Rules for life. It
0: hurt way more than mine. So Nadine, you're such an inspiration. And firstly, I want to start by saying a huge thank you for sharing your story with our members of Lifestyle Trading. Our last event on the Gold Coast, they absolutely loved you. And it was an honour to have you talking with our members.
2: That's very kind of you to say. And what a great bunch of people. It was such a memorable event. We had so much fun and, you know, I loved it. So thank you again for inviting me.
0: Yeah, it was a great time, but let's get stuck in. I want to go back to where it all began for you. You know, you started your journey in martial arts when you were about 10 years old. You know, what inspired you to start at such a young age and why do you think you fell in love with it?
2: Well, I originally ended up seeing a martial arts class for the first time because my brother was getting bullied. He started high school a few years ahead of me and, you know, he was having a rough time. So my parents thought, good idea, let's take him to a martial arts class. Uh, it wasn't for him. He didn't, he wasn't into it, but, you know, I saw it and it just looked, like magic to me. You know, I saw things that made perfect sense, like the dynamic movement, you know, and the the crisp white uniforms and the instructor with the black belt and I liked the way everyone was so disciplined and there was just so much about it that I thought was magic. It wasn't really the martial part. I was a little girl. I didn't really want to hit anyone or get hit by anyone. (laughs) Well, that changed? That
0: That changed?
2: It took a while, but, you know, to me, it looked like an art form. It looked graceful and beautiful and there was
1: that balance of power and finesse.
0: Yeah.
2: That really appealed to me.
1: Did your parents actually have every any intention of including you in that? So you mentioned that your brother was older than you. So did they actually include you in that thought process or you really were just no. tagging along as a little sister? No, they were trying. My mum kept trying to put a pink ribbon in my hair the whole time. She was like, you're
2: too much of a tomboy. Like, we don't want you doing anything else like that. Yeah. So no, I, that wasn't the original plan. But, you know, the beautiful thing was when I got to jump in the class, the instructor actually took me over to my mum afterwards and asked, how long I'd been doing martial arts. Wow. And she said it was my first time and he said to her, and I heard it, that I was a natural, you know, that I just took to it straight away. So, you know, when you do something the first time and it just makes sense to you and it feels right and it suits you and, you know, that was my experience with it. That's why I've been doing it for a very, very long time. You know, I've been doing it for about 37 years. So I just love it. So
1: where did that take you? How old were you when you started? It was 10 and I know that you ended up meeting a mentor. You mentioned Benny the Jet. Can you explain the importance of having a mentor in your life?
2: Oh, absolutely. This is a good question. So, you know, I'm a huge fan of having people in your corner and I think you know, we could all do with having someone to teach us, guide us, someone to learn from. I've been doing, you know, I'm a professional speaker now and I've been doing a running survey for the last eight years by asking audiences, how many of you have a mentor? And in a room with hundreds of people, it will only be a few who put their hands up. You know, and if, if I ask them how many of you would like one, if I could have the perfect person for you just outside... Would you like one? Almost everyone puts their hand up, so there's a real disconnect between what we would like to have and what we have found, have created, who we have in our corner. So in martial arts, it comes with teachers, it comes with mentors. You know, there's a hierarchical system where you know you can find that. And I wonder if uh, you know a lot of your listeners would have a similar thing, having had to learn a trade. Quite possibly, I hope so. So, can you explain who Benny the Jet was to you? Absolutely. So he, in my world, and. Think about who this would be in your world. He is one of the living legends in martial arts. So he's considered a martial arts master. He's not the kind of guy who would let you call him a master though, which I think is really cool. So you'll hear me call him Sensei Benny. That Mm. just means teacher. So... He keeps that very entry-level title, which I think is great. He's a very powerful person mentally, physically, but you know he's very humble. So I think that's, I really respect that personally. So I met Sensei Benny uh, over in Los Angeles and I'd been doing martial arts for about 10 years. So I was introduced to him and I was pretty blown away. There were pictures of him in books when I was a kid. He was he's like a martial arts legend. He's a world champion kickboxer. Wow. He was one of the founders of kickboxing. That wasn't even a thing when he started. Yeah, wow. So he, he was a real, um, he's a real legend in my world. And a real legend
1: in the martial arts world. Yeah. He's, he's, he's
2: someone that is very well regarded for a lot of different reasons. I think a lot of people go looking for a mentor who is easily accessible, someone who's one step above them on the ladder. I was very lucky that I was introduced to someone who was at the top of the ladder. And instead of, you know, what I've seen a lot of people do with him and, and with with people in their professional lives, they go, Oh, I would love to have coffee with, I would love to have this person as my mentor, but they don't grab the opportunity with two hands. And, you know, I was I was trying to be cool when I was younger, but yeah. when I <laughs> met him, I was so not cool about it. And I was like, excuse me, can I ask you a question? And he said, he explained something to me and then he said, write it down. So I went and got a notepad and pen, like a little kid at school and yeah. wrote down what he said and then asked him more questions and You know, I think that's part of having a mentor in your life is not just passively absorbing information, Mm -hmm. but making it a two-way street because something that people in our lives who can teach us, good teachers love to teach. They love to share. They love to, to, you know, to give their experience away. And that's why I've been a student for about 25 years. And, you know, he's coming to Australia next week. I'm so excited. Wow, oh, He awesome. comes out every year Woo. and he, uh, he always has a lot to offer on not just a physical level, but on that mental mm.
0: level as well. And did you go up to him and just ask a few questions and then you want to hang on, this Nadine's on fire. This is someone I want to coach. And then he or you asked him to mentor and train you or how did that all work?
2: I, it's sort of a long story, but to give you the the short yep. version, I was training with someone in Australia who was teaching his system, his family style of martial right. arts and kickboxing. So I had kind of an avenue to to work with him anyway. Mm. But when I did meet him, and this is the bit where I really want to emphasize being uncool yep. because, <laughs> you know, we, we hold ourselves back so much and being cool about stuff is one way to say it, but we play small by accident in so many ways in our lives. Mm. And Part of it is just holding ourselves back, keeping up appearances, not wanting to be perceived in a certain way, especially by people that we like and respect. So when I say I was uncool about it, I was, you know, I asked a lot of questions. Sensei Benny and I joke about it now where I just used to traumatize him. I'd be like, one more question, one more thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but the beautiful thing was he recognized in me someone who was young and hungry. I wanted yeah. to learn. So, you know, he lived over in Los Angeles and I remember borrowing $50. You know, I was, I just was saving money and I would go Go over there. I'd sleep on the floor in the gym. I survived on cans of tuna from the two dollar shop. Like I really wanted to be there, and I had enough money for one private lesson. And you know, the beautiful thing was, instead of just doing an hour and saying thanks very much, kid, back on the plane, I looked up. It was five hours later. Like he was very generous with his time because he could see that I really, you know, I was really into what we were doing, and I was really hungry.
0: And really invested. And this is the old saying, isn't it? If you don't ask, you don't get. So that's a great story. And I love the fact like sleeping on the floor, and eating tins of tuna. And I mean, obviously he saw all this kind of stuff. And and that's why when you did pay for that first session, he's like made it an extra long session and really looked after you. And there's a lot of history after that. But what are some of the similarities of being in a boxing ring and being a business owner? Now I can think of quite a few, but I'd love to hear what your thoughts are.
2: I think business can be pretty full contact. I don't know Ooh, about you. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> See, it's tough. Business is tough. Consensus. Anyone that says it isn't is wrong.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially when you work for yourself. I've been self-employed for about 20 years and, you know, I've had amazing highs and, you know, it's been fantastic. I've also had days in business where I've, you know, I've gone home with a bloody nose and a black eye, yeah. metaphorically speaking, you know, like yeah. things things can be tough. I think the similarities, you know, there's so much to be said for Taking a body shot in business and getting dropped to your knees and thinking, how am I going to do this? How am I going to get back up? And, you know, I don't think that everyone has someone in their corner to say, A, get up. Yeah. B, when you get up, make sure that you're not on shaky legs. Get up and tell yourself you can still be the champ and act like it, you know, because it's human nature to focus on the problem. Things go wrong you know, and we, we get caught up in bitching about stuff or complaining or thinking negative thoughts. That's the way our brains are skewed. But, you know, it's so important to be able to just kind of rise back up and, and think about why you're doing it. Being able to push yourself in business, just like in a kickboxing ring, there's so much similarity there,
0: you know. There is. And there's been so many times where over the years where I've been knocked to the canvas and 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 even thought maybe this is it, you know, it's a 10 count and I'm out. But, you know, all business owners go through this. And you're right. It's just the way, how do you pick yourself up off the canvas? But the bit that I really liked there was not only picking yourself up off the canvas, because that's a big step in itself, but picking yourself up without the shaky legs and having the confidence that you know you've still got this and you're in this fight and you're going to give it everything you got. And that's the bit that really resonated with me then.
2: Yeah, we call it the mental edge mm. in competition. So competition in the ring, just like competition in business. If you have two people in the ring or two people going up against each other in business who have the same size business, same skill set, same level of experience, the person who comes out on top is often the person who has better strategy. We call it the mental edge. Yep. So knowing how to push yourself, knowing the reasons why you're doing it. I explain to people when I'm working in my business, there's so much I love about what I do. I'm very, very lucky. But the thing that keeps me working so hard isn't other people's praise. It's not awards. It's not the financial aspect of it. I'm building a better life for my family. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where heart comes into it.
1: What I find really interesting about that is when you think about a boxing ring, not that I'm a boxer, but I can imagine the number of times you get knocked down to your knees and you stand back up. And if you're saying to yourself in your head, you know, regardless of how strategic you are having gone into that fight or the training that you've had with the best of the best, but if you get back up and you say to yourself, I've lost this already. I can't beat this person or, you know, if these negative talk now really takes over in your mind, how are you actually going to win that fight? So I can imagine getting up not on shaky legs but totally this mindset of I've got this, I'm going to win this, this resilience of I'm going to do better to me totally correlates over to business. These knockdowns happen pretty much every single day. So we know that we have so many decisions to make in a day and so many thoughts that we go through. Do you know how many of them are actually negative and why this actually happens to us as humans? Yeah, I've, I've done the
2: research. I've read the statistics. So there's a lot of information out there, but I, I access the information that feels true to me for sure. We have confirmation bias. So from the research I've read, there's conservative research that says we have about 6,000 thoughts a day. My brain doesn't work that way. How about you? That's just that many. The research <laughs> yeah. I've read that made sense to me was about 69 and a half thousand thoughts a day. So our brains are skewed in a very particular way there'll be some outliers who have cheerleaders and pom poms going off in their head you're amazing <laughs> but usually you know we attach to negative things if something tough happens or someone writes a bad review of your business on on Yelp yeah. whatever you know people attach to that and they think about that much more often than when someone goes great you know i love what you did and you know our brains are skewed in a very specific way. And I think for so many people, their greatest opponent is themselves. You know, our brains love to go in a way that makes things a bit harder for us. And that's why, you know, working on, say, being in the ring, that that idea of business in the ring being similar, you have to perfect your external skill set. What you do on the tools, the things that other people can see you do, but not that many people work on strengthening their mind.
0: Right. No, you know, a great making point. sure that
2: they're mentally fit to be able to do the tasks at hand, especially if things have gotten a bit a bit tough. Yeah, you know, there's so much conversation around around the the cost of living crisis at the moment, which is absolutely valid, but it's also. You know, if you if you attach to the negative and you keep telling yourself how hard it is, and you know, or you get back up and you're thinking I can't win, you are who you say you are. So often, you know, we're self defeating at times, and occasionally it's without even realising it. That's where I think it's super important to have a good team in your corner.
0: Yeah, and there's a quote, and I've probably said it before on this podcast, but as a young bloke, as a plumber digging holes constantly. If you started digging a hole and everyone's like, oh, there's tree roots, it's hot, it's cold, it's this. It was the longest day of your life. Now, (laughs) I say this quote to my son like every week and he's so over it, but I just go, we just put our music on, we'd make fun of it, we'd take our shirts off when we get stuck in and call ourselves human backos and just work. And we could dig for days, weeks, and we made it fun. But this is that whole thing, isn't it? You've got to change that perspective. But I love there's a cracking quote and it says, the only thing you can ever control in response to a hard situation is your reaction, your thinking. Listen, I'd love if you could unpack exactly what you mean by this. That's uh it's a mindset tool we call change your thinking. Yeah. So
2: knowing that our brains are skewed towards getting attached to the problem, you know, and like you said, focusing on the fact that it's hot rather than putting on some good music and then just enjoying yourself, you can change your thinking, which changes your perception, changes your reality. That was news to me 25 years ago. I didn't know, but you know, I've worked on it for so long because... I can see how important it is to focus on how you do respond to things, especially challenging things. Whether that's in the ring, you know, life throws challenges at all of us. You know, I'm a cancer survivor. Something happened to me in my 30s that I did not expect at all. You know, it's all about how you respond to these things when they come up because, you know, a lot of people love to throw a pity party That's it, and they get their friends to come over and have one and, you know, (laughs) everyone has some beers and talks about how tough everything is as opposed to recognising that the only person who really has the power to change the voice in your head is you. That's fair.
1: So, Nadine, in your opinion, why do you think most of us play small in life and in business? Oh, I've done the research again. So,
2: you know, a lot of us have very common shared human fears without bumming everybody out. Yeah. they're normal things like dying and, and not being able to take care of yourself, needing someone else to look after you, losing loved ones, that kind of thing. But the number one fear that plays into I think our businesses so much is something called ego death, which is trying to avoid the discomfort of failure, rejection, embarrassment, you know so instead people play small. They keep themselves safe, which is very reasonable. No one wants to fail publicly, yeah. but we accidentally don't put ourselves forward for that big piece of business. We don't step out of our comfort zones because it's comfy in there. Why yeah. would you? sure is. But that also limits the trajectory of your business and of your life.
0: And we see so often we tradies, don't we, that they, they come through and come and see us at Lifestyle Tradie and, and they're just in their own headspace, aren't thinking the right way and they're a bit lost and they don't want to make that big step. And it's not even that big a step, it's just a small step, but you just got to keep doing it constantly. And they it's just change, isn't it, it? It's just change and some people just hate change. Now, you also talk a lot and I know you got a book called 10 Seconds of Courage and how it changes people's lives. Can you explain a bit more about that? It's a tool, again, it's a mental tool that Sensei Benny gave me. It, think mm. of them like
2: um, little gold nuggets. He just passes it across to you and you're like, right, 10 seconds of courage. Yeah. It's not worth anything as an idea, but it is worth a massive amount if you take action on it. And the 10 seconds of courage is just to get out of your comfort zone. It's the first 10 seconds. It's the first step walking out of the dressing room and out into the ring in life. Mm. It's putting your hand up for that piece of business. It's, you know, quoting your new prices when you've just put your prices up. It's backing yourself because it's really... You know, and as you said, it's so easy just to stay in your comfort zone. It's easy to avoid these things. But if you do avoid them, you might be robbing yourself. So knowing that our brains work this way, it's just that little step at the start to avoid, you know, staying stuck. And one way that I explain 10 seconds of courage is to say that my oldest brother married a Miss Universe. Wow. You know, <laughs> yeah, for him, it wasn't Jennifer <laughs> Hawkins. Was I married a one, Miss but... Universe too. Oh, no <laughs> you, Andy. <Annie. laughs> <Woo, laughs> roundy <Okay>. points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello. So, yeah. you know, I, I sort of explain to people, it's almost doing a gut check on yourself. Mm. Like, of course, you think if you were single and Miss Universe is over there, not you personally, Andy. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, yeah. if Miss Universe was over there, I think a lot of people would say, oh, yeah, I'd go and ask her out. But... When confronted with the reality of it and she's standing across the room from you, would you really walk over there and introduce yourself and ask her to have a drink? It's the gap between what we tell ourselves we'd like to do, but then when the moment arrives and you've actually got to walk out of the dressing room, when your hands are shaking... And you're like, oh, I've never done this before. It's facing down a challenge. It's facing down a threat. And, you know, I've spent a lot of time with guys in gyms and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm tough. I would never take a backward step. Oh, I'll get out there and I'll win. Mm. But then you talk about raising the threat level. When I mention the name Mike Tyson. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then people can kind yeah. of connect to. Oh, yeah, maybe I would just stay in the dressing room. You know,
0: I, I I actually love my ears.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you don't want him to nibble on them. No, so no. I think there's there are moments in life where you know everyone's intimidated by different things. Everyone holds themselves back for different reasons. But there's certain moments in life where the thing that you want is worth fighting for. And knowing that it's natural to want to stay in your comfort zone, you don't want to miss your opportunity. So that's when 10 seconds of courage can come in really handy.
1: That is such a great lesson. Just get started, keep walking, say to yourself, just keep those little legs moving to get yourself out in the ring when you've committed to actually do that fight. So Nadine, I'd be really interested to know in your opinion, what are some key actions our listeners can actually take to stop missing opportunities in our everyday lives? Well, we know that our greatest opponent is us. Yes. So I'm a massive fan
2: of getting a good team of people in your corner. So whether that's personally, professionally, or both, making sure that you choose people who aren't going to say, yeah, let's have the pity party. Getting people around you that are going to go, oh, that's really tough. But let's talk about the solution. How can I support you? And being able to do that in return. So it's really actively choosing who you want to have in your corner, whether that's for one specific reason or for life in general. The reason that we don't actually have that conversation is that ego death fear. I don't want to think them to think I'm a weirdo. I don't want them to think I'm not okay. I don't even want to have this conversation. But if you do have the conversation and let somebody know, I'd love it if you'd be in my corner while I'm going for this big piece of business and, you know, like back me, give me some good advice it's a real show of respect to other people. It doesn't put you in a weak position. You say to them, I respect you enough to ask you to be in my corner. But the flip side, especially, you know, I've done some work with tradies organisations before and I know that, you know, it can be a tough being a dude on a building site from what I've gathered, Yeah, you know, or working for yourself doing, you know, some pretty intense jobs. So... I think it can become really important to reach out to other people also and let them know, like, even though you seem like you got your business all sorted and you're a strong dude and all those things, just so you know, if you need anything, I'm in your corner. Like, give me a
0: call. That's 100% Nadine. And Ange and I, talk about with so many tradies, how they're feeling isolated as business owners out there. You know, they work with their boss. They think they've got a bit of a handle on running a business. They go out there and then they're just expected to know how to run a business. And they're like, whoa, 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 this is totally different than I ever thought it was going to be. But then Mm. they feel like because of their ego, they don't want to ask for help because they think they should know it. And then they do, they don't want that ego death, right? And then their fear is the business failing. Then they just put their head in the sand and don't do anything. And that's where, you know, we've got to remember, like us tradies, business owners, no one's ever taught us how to be a business owner. So if no one's taught us, then you need to ask for help. Well, you need to ask for help
1: from someone who's perhaps walked the steps before you because sadly, what we see is they actually start believing their own bullshit, all the stories they tell themselves, Exactly, uh, which is a really dangerous place to be in because they're just alone and they're not talking to anyone who's been in the same situation as them. Tradies have been around for a very long time and successfully. Successful ones. So how about you go find out what those successful ones have been doing and go do what they've been doing every day? 100%. And this
2: is where having a mentor or having someone who's working with you, as you said, who's walked the path already, yep. can help you avoid missing those opportunities. Because it's not just having your mates there. There's a difference between a friend and a mentor. Agreed. A friend yep. and a coach. A friend will be like, yay, awesome. Let's celebrate. <laughs> Pom-poms out, cheerleaders. <laughs> but a mentor will be like, Yeah, good work on that. But let's focus on what you're not as strong at. And that's where in martial arts, there's a really beautiful balance between you're great at this technique. You're not so great at this technique. Yes. Human nature is, I just want to do the snazzy thing that feels great to me and avoid this thing. But Mm. as you, I'm sure you both experienced in life, life will go and get the thing that you're not good at and put it right in front of your face. So having a mentor there Mm. can be so helpful in them steering you towards the work that naturally, you might avoid. But if you can grow and learn the things that you don't know,
1: sky's the limit. Always learning.
0: Yeah, always learning. I, I just want to go back to my son Isaac in juggling a football. Like he might juggle a football 300, 400 times, right? But when I was watching him the other day, out of they say 300 times, 200 of them was on his right foot and only 100 on his left. And I pointed that out to him and he's like, yeah, but it's easier to keep the ball off the ground on my right. I said, yeah, but if you could do 200 on your left and do 200 on your right, now you could do 1,000 nonstop. And it's about making people understand that you've got to find out what you're you're not necessarily good at, and you've got to work on that. And then when you put it all together, that's where you're going to get the top result. So Nadine, it's been so helpful going through all of this kind of stuff. And when we do these podcasts, we like to ask three quick questions if it's okay and get a response for you. Normally takes under 20 seconds or so the response. Are you ready? Yes, fire away. So first up, what is one strategy you use to start your day right?
2: First thing out of my mouth every morning is thank you. In other words, don't have a pity party. You know your brain will go to the negative. So it's rewiring and saying out loud, thank you and looking for reasons to be grateful. I love that.
1: I love the fact that you actually say it out loud because it's one thing to verbalize it in your head. But when you say it out loud, you actually own it. And it changes
2: your brain chemistry. So it's not a thought because we have so many of them flying by on a freeway. That verbalization changes how you feel in your body. Agreed.
1: So your next question is, what's something that made you smile recently?
2: Something someone sent me on Instagram, believe it or not. It's a great video where this woman in, uh, I won't tell the whole story, but basically her message is, when life gets you down, continue, bad bitch. It just makes me laugh every time. She's like, yeah. if you feel sad, continue. You can do it, bad bitch. I love like that. It yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: love that, love that. Good. And last but not least, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Oh,
2: so many because I've had someone who's worked very hard on themselves and is very wise in my corner for 25 years. Yeah. But one of the most life changing pieces of advice that Sensei Benny ever gave me was to change my thinking. He empowered me with the ability to recognize that my thoughts aren't who I am, they're just things that change all the time, whizzing by me, and I can play a really active role in creating my perception of things, creating my reality and shaping, bending and changing it until I'm going in the direction that I want in my life and in my business. Love that.
1: Absolutely. This is about design your life instead of leading by default, right? take ownership. Or being thrown around in the washing machine
2: (laughs) of life. You know, you can choose your course. So choose wisely and make sure you get a good team to back you and push you along.
1: Absolutely. This has been super insightful. We've just loved having you as a guest here today. And we really appreciate and thank you for sharing all your wisdom about business and life. Thanks again, Nadine. It's been awesome.
2: Thanks so much for having me, guys. It's great to see you.
0: Thanks, Nadine. You really are a champion. <laughs> now I know. You I couldn't know. Help yourself, I couldn't can't. You? I couldn't help myself. I know it's <laughs> corny. You have probably heard it a million times, but I just couldn't help myself. But <laughs> guess what, guys? That's a wrap for this week's episode. If you're keen to learn more about Nadine and her book, Ten Seconds of Courage, we'll put all the details in the show notes.
1: Have the best week, crew. Hell yeah!
0: Subscribe to The Tradie Show, wherever you get your favourite podcasts. Rate and write us a review. Or for more information about Lifestyle Tradie, head to lifestyletradie.com.au.